Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Faith Greater Than Fear. We have pivoted, as you have, in this year of 2020 because of this little virus thing called COVID. It has radically changed our lives. And as people of faith, there has been change that we want to highlight in these episodes that we hope will encourage you and those in your family and your community. So we get to talk to men and women near and far, both locally here in the U.S. and sometimes even internationally about how their faith is making a difference in this very unprecedented time. And today I have a great opportunity and pleasure to introduce to you our guest, none other than my dear friend, Kirk Hayes. Kirk, welcome. Thank you, Mike. Good to be here with you. Absolutely. So Kirk is in Houston, Texas. He and I have worked in Kenya together. We have worked side by side in church planting and in having a lot of fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Kenya and even helping start the regional office of GMPI's office there in Nairobi, Kenya. So indebted to my brother in terms of the faith I have has been sharpened by him. Memories I have have been um, blessed by him. And so like a family member, I look forward to almost like a biological brother to have this conversation with you, Kirk. So tell our viewers a little bit about where you're at in Houston. Tell us about your lovely wife, Susan, and your boys. So we get a feel of what your family's like and then the ministry parts will come later. All right. Yeah. So my wife, Susan, and I've been here going on, what is it, 12? into our 12th year uh, as serving as president of Southeastern Bible Institute and uh, saving, I guess, more of that for later. And Susan, she's a speech therapist uh, over in Sugarland and a uh, great ministry and work there. It's not just her paycheck. It really is ministry, as many of you know, when you're serving in uh, you know public sectors like that. And, and then our three sons, uh, uh, growing up now, of course, 30, I always have to stop and think, but roughly 30, 35, and uh, 34, 33 years of age. And um, the first two, Ben and Ryan, and their families work in Malawi, Africa. And we just got uh, Ben and Becca off. Uh, almost didn't make it yesterday, but um, they got uh, rerouted and are on their way to Malawi. And Ryan and Justine will go. Uh, in about eight days, and Ty and Amy are not far from us. They were in Uganda, he was in Uganda, but now over in Sugarland, about 45 minutes away. So we finally have one of them close to us. So three sons, three daughter-in-laws, six grandchildren. Yes. And uh, all six are going to be living again far away. And we'll talk about this a little bit later in the country of Malawi, back in Africa. Let's talk for just a minute, Kirk, because I know many of us continue to be worried about COVID and continue to worry about what it's going to do to us. We are looking at someone who is a COVID survivor. Tell us a little bit of your experience and uh, some of the stuff that you went through, uh, just to let people not to be scared, but to say, hey, there is the ability that most of us are going to be the millions who survive. But how was it? Yeah. No, well, thank you. I'm thankful that uh, as cases go, it was relatively mild. And uh, so I know that it can be much more difficult. Never got the respiratory issues and didn't have to be in the hospital or anything. Um, Was the first one in our church to get it. So I was kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, 
dubious honor in that way of, of being the first one that everybody had to stay away from. Kind of learned what it felt like to be, uh, by no means did the family make me an outcast, but they had to avoid me. We were in the house and had been Ryan and his family and still having to stay away from the grandkids and everybody keeping a white berth. You began to only scratch the surface of what someone deals with in, a so, in social uh, ostracism if they um, have something like that. But uh, the main thing that has been a challenge is just uh, losing taste and smell. And I thought it might just be for a few weeks like some of them, but it's over three months now. And of course, I realize there's much, much uh, worse things that could happen to us. And, and so I always want to be grateful. Um, but like many of us, you know, savoring coffee and chocolate and things such as that, uh, it's been it's been a you know a bit of a challenge losing all of that, and of course as well as some of the practical things of not being able to help Susan out around the house, smelling this or tasting that. And but uh, the one thing that I've tried to take away from it, I thought, well, well, Father, this is a good chance for me to uh, learn to be content without something that I've cherished. And uh, I think of Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. I thought, okay, I don't want to waste this opportunity to grow deeper in some way. And during this time that I'm without something that I normally uh, hold dear, um, deepen me through this. And so I know it's, it's a very small form of, of suffering. Uh, but I'm trying to, to grow and learn from that. Yeah. Well, Kirk, you highlighted things like, you know, there's the social ostracization. You know, we read in the scriptures about leprosy and how that was such a ostracization. And there's other things that could be equivalent to that today. Like you said, you just tasted that just for a, for a little bit. It's not fun um, yeah. at all. And not having two of our, wonderful senses come back um, is is a difficult thing. Boy, well, she'll pray, and I have been, that you'll get yeah. them back. Um, what a joy to taste. What a joy to smell. Uh, my daughter-in-law has it right now, and she has a little boy, seven months. So I said, well, one of the things is right now, the joy is you don't smell the dirty diapers. So you can go in and surgically take care of things and yeah. <laughs> not have a problem there. Did you lose weight by chance? Did you? She was well, saying she's lost some weight because she just doesn't feel like eating. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't have a lot to spare already, but uh, I did. Mm. Uh, un, unintentionally, you know, lost about 10 pounds initially. And because it's like, oh, well, it's kind of a, a funk, you know, to to just eat without tasting anything. So I've tried to improve in that. And but one of the things that I know all of us have had in mind and try to to see with this, and maybe we can go on to talk in, a, in broader terms here in a little bit, but how not to let the disruption of COVID be, uh, you know, to un uncenter us, not to disrupt us so much uh, in our faith. And in fact, if anything, to just help make us more steady, more centered uh, on God with all of the social disruption that we uh, incur as a result of it, uh, to see ourselves as being steady uh, uh, through it all. And um, I always think of when, uh, real quickly, just in 
at ACU and had and listened to some teaching by Landon Saunders. And um, the guy introducing him said, to me, Landon has always been like a big ship that moves slowly and deeply through the water, while I feel like I'm a little uh, race boat just skimming about on the surface. And he said, I want to be more like Landon. And so that's always kind of stuck with me. And even during this time, okay, you know, don't be tossed around by all of the disruption of COVID, but try to to move a little more deeply through it, uh, a little more calmly. So that's that's been helpful to me. Good point. And we can do that in our family and, and, and with the isolation, um, there is the ability to do that in our community more intimately than ever before. Let's drill that down just a little bit more with this layer on top of it. You have three sons, two of them going back and then soon also continuing to serve in the country of Malawi, like we talked about. They're gone. So two sons, beloved daughter, daughter-in-law, six grandchildren in the midst of 2020 and COVID. How do you and your wife as people of faith staying centered? How do you do that with that extra layer of concern for health, concern for the government and distances that in good times are a challenge? Now you've got this going on. How do you and Susan achieve the centeredness? that you talked about just a moment ago. Yeah. Not perfectly, not easily, uh, but uh, it has been a, a good exercise in trying to, to be steady and, and kind of in an unexpected way in that instead of them being over there through all of this and being cut off from them, they were due on furlough first and came in mid-March just about the time uh, right at spring break when the distancing began here and the other one just Ryan and them made it in kind of by the skin of their teeth before things really shut down. And so um, we've been spared the, the, you know, the vast gulf in between us, which couldn't be, uh, you know, jumped because of COVID by them being with us. So for, for nearly eight months, we've had one or the other living with us. So that's been an unexpected blessing, a lot of extra time with the grandkids and, and all. Uh, nonetheless, some of the, the factors that you mentioned uh, still are at play because we have that concern for them. In, will they? When will they be able to return? And for months there, it was totally unknown. So trying to operate, uh, you know, in a in a trusting uh, manner, just day to day, without knowing what their future held. And now that they are returning, I I, I think with the previous seven years or so, eight years that they have been going over there, the Lord has has worked on us and helped us to uh, to really commit them into his into his hands so that we're we're able to kind of go on that prior conditioning. It's a conditioned response that helps us now to just to say, Lord, we know that you will continue to take care of them. And and as I mentioned yesterday, I mean it almost didn't happen with Ben and Becca getting out as soon as they got in line at Qatar Airways, the official told them, you're not going on this flight because South Africa will not accept American passport holders. So everything was scuttled and they ended up buying tickets on the spot. So um, 
just little disruptors like that. But again, that's a minor thing, the bigger picture of trusting them into the Lord's hands and knowing that they want to be back in the work there. That's that's a blessing for us. It would be different if if they were like, oh my, we sure don't want to go back right now, but we have to. But so that gives us some peace as well. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned that centeredness of of having contentment in the in the Lord personally, a centeredness of commitment of uh, you and Susan, your wife, saying committed to the Lord, his purposes, and then committing your children to his care and to his purposes and grandchildren now. Yeah. I think there's also, and I packed this a little bit, I, I liked what one guy in one of our interviews recently said, if I had a chance to vote for the Nobel Peace Prize, I would give Zoom that honor of the Nobel Peace Prize because Zoom has kept us connected. And I think there's an element of, and talk to us a little bit about how you and, and your wife stay connected and the issue of in this season of intentionality, of connectedness to the Lord, to one another in your family, to your community, an element of intentionality that then something like Zoom allows to blossom and to, 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 to help come to fruition. Talk mm -hmm. to us about how you do your communication when uh, they'll all be over there or how you do your intentionality of communication with your, your family that's still here. And even into the ministry at this point or go for it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yes, uh, we continue to be, as, as you mentioned with us serving in Kenya together and we weren't in the, we weren't in the ancient days, 83 or 84 for, for us and our arrival, but there was no internet at that time. And so, you know, communication back here was a little bit slower. So we'd never take for granted the, the blessing of technology that allows us as they are over there. I, I almost every time I send a WhatsApp message and, you know, there's response within uh, 15 seconds or 20 seconds, it's like, wow, this is just uh, incredible. I just never want to take that that avenue of technology for granted in the way that uh, it has made it so easy to be connected with uh, our loved ones when it's our children or grandchildren over there and getting to see them. And so uh, even before Zoom, of course, WhatsApp and WhatsApp video and all has made it so easy to stay in touch with them. Uh, and we so we're we're so grateful for for that. Uh, then as you move into even our lives here with both of us in our work in ministry, work slash ministry, uh, like, like millions of others, Zoom has been just such a useful tool for Susan and her speech therapy with her kids from school whenever they've had to work from home. She's back on campus right now. Uh, just even as you've experienced there with good news ourselves in the teaching here, uh, through SHBI where previously everything was in the classroom. So thankful for the disruption of COVID because it's catapulted us onto YouTube um, in uh, video online access in a way that we just probably, uh, you know, may not have been there yet. And so then instead of just having students from Houston area on in person, now we're able to have them from India or the U from Africa or the, DRC in Africa. Um, and so like so many, it's just been, it's one of those things that you always 
uh, are amazed at how God does it. It's not that he causes the COVID, but he makes everything work together for good. And so the way that he just leverages every situation uh, for the, you know, for the spreading of the kingdom. And that's just exciting to have a, a little part of that. I appreciate your passion. Unpack just a little bit for our audience, SBHI, what that stands for and what exactly you do and your colleagues in this uh, season with people locally in Houston and around the world. Uh, what's the ministry about a little bit? Yeah, so uh, SHBI South Houston Bible Institute, a bit of a misnomer in that it's no longer restricted uh, locally to the South Houston area, but uh around for about 75 years, founded in 1946 in Kerrville by uh, Brother G.V. Shelburne and then my uncle B. Shelburne, who worked in Malawi uh, for 20 years. I took over from him in 2008 and so I've directed it for 12 plus years now. But so two-prong outreach through uh, classroom teaching, free, uh, tuition-free, uh, studies in Bible and, and good studies, not because I write all of the courses. It's not a pat on the back. It's a, it's a nod to those that have gone before and have left, uh, you know, a, a good heritage of, of good solid courses uh, that are uh, not, you know, they're not degree programs, but they are certificate level that are good, rigorous studies. And uh, so we have those in the classroom throughout the Houston area, four or five locations, as well as in Lubbock now, but then by distance learning uh, around the world. And so now the component that's been added to it is not just email distance learning, but uh, video courses, all of our courses having been recorded on YouTube or Zoom and put up uh, online. And so now that students, again, from around the world can view those classroom courses where in the past, they never could be in the classroom with us. So that is it in a nutshell. I love the outreach. One, one uh, uh, actually, a cousin said uh, years ago that it's uh, it's uh, SHBI has been a a uh, kind of a uh, best kept secret, a kingdom, a, a little kingdom jewel or gem that's not uh, real broadly known. But I love being a part of it just because of its focus on uh, unity under the lordship of Christ. Uh, and uh, it doesn't mean we check our brains at the door and that no, nothing matters, but, but that when we are together, united by the Lordship of Christ, that we have unity together. And so we love that fellowship and unity with brothers and sisters from so many different backgrounds. Excellent. So locally in Houston, some around the world now, give us a scope of a number together about how many students do you have enrolled or... Yeah, between, I mean, in the, every semester in the classroom, we usually have between 100, 130 uh, in the past that have been in classroom courses. Uh, and that will, you know, stand to change some now as we're able to have more globally for our classroom courses. But that's what it has been at uh, usually. And then distance learning uh, throughout a year, we, there will be Three to four hundred that we that we uh, send course material to, and at any one time, eighty to a hundred who are in uh, regular study uh, from uh, from really a lot. We'll have 
30 to 40 different countries involved, enrolled in study at any time, usually uh, during the year. That's awesome. Well, we're going to note the ministry website in, in our footnotes here. We, we need to kind of land this plane, Kirk, a little bit. So in the journey you had personally with COVID, in the journey you've had as a worker overseas and now sons following in that journey, and as a worker planting the word of God into people's hearts near and far, in person and now even more so technologically, what would you say in closing? You talked about centeredness. What else would you in your heart want to share with our viewers and say, Mike, your friends, this is what I have learned or am learning in 2020. Well, this is the takeaway. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it uh, in a nutshell. I would say uh, that one thing the Lord has put on my heart to share with students quite, quite often is that uh, when something like this comes our way, and so this has been unusual, yes, but there will be other things in our lives that can make us feel in some kind of a lockdown mode or distanced from others, but to to just always, uh, as people of God, as citizens of the kingdom, to to not let ourselves get develop a bunker mentality to where we feel like we're just hanging in there until things get better, uh, because the picture that Jesus gave us in you know Matthew 16, 18, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Really, a bet a good, accurate way to rephrase that is that my church will plunder hell. And we're not, we're not his church, we're not his kingdom, uh, to just be hanging in there like that cat in the cat poster until, until he comes. Rather, he really, he wants us to be seizing the, the initiative and the opportunity in any uh, thing that comes our way. And so there's, there's nothing in COVID, you know, of course, has not had God on lockdown. He has not been restricted or distanced. And uh, so just trying to help us to still live uh, with a, a very uh, moving forward mindset and, and helping brothers and sisters here to know what God is doing around the world during this, and then to embrace whatever degree of suffering comes our way during something like this, to, to embrace that suffering, because it's always in the kingdom, it's always joy and pain together, parallel tracks and to know that that suffering with him and for Jesus it's been granted to us Philippians 129 not only to believe on him but also to suffer for him to embrace that as a privilege as an opportunity in whatever little form of suffering you know it may take some bigger than others but you know whether it's loss of taste or smell that's just a, a small thing but to embrace it as um, as followers of Jesus and and not to shun it or to be thinking, oh, I can't wait until this is over. I get back to normal to say, no, Lord, what is the, what is the new place that you want to send during this? Good words, good words. It's like we're all getting globally going through another birth. And we don't like birth, uh, both the baby and the mom, neither one. Yeah. But we do like the outcome. There's new life and there's new transformation. And that's, I think, what, the, what you're trying to say is the Lord is doing to us as a people, as persons of his followership, and also in the world. 
centeredness. I hope all of you have heard and from my dear friend, Kurt, you see why I was blessed working with this guy, man, mano to mano and person to person. And so Kirk Hayes, thank you for sharing today. Greetings to your family. For those of you listening, if you were blessed today by what Kirk has shared, share it on your social media channels. There's a podcast version as well you're welcome to look at. We want you to be centered. And there may be some separation. There may be some little bits of suffering. But as Kirk said, face into the wind and look for the new opportunities. And don't just nearly and merely try to survive, but thrive. Because as a person of faith, you can do that. So move forward in your faith. Don't live in fear. So from Kirk Hayes and myself, Mike Schrage in Joplin, Missouri and GMPI, blessings to you and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you.